1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. MoneyWise starts now. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to MoneyWise, brought to you every Sunday morning at this hour by USA Wealth Group. We're always happy to have you with us, and we're always happy to try to teach something that is useful something that we do in our own business and something that will be beneficial to you and your family. So today, especially as we're going through really difficult health times and we're going through difficult financial times, people have lost jobs, people have to have uh, different ways to figure out how to support themselves. One of the last things you might not think about is retiring. What if you want to retire? I know that a lot of people right now have chosen to retire early or would like to retire early because they don't want to be back in the workplace and back in the work market. Well, today we're going to be talking about IRAs and some very important issues about retirement accounts and what are they and how do you name beneficiaries and things of that nature. Uh, We have a very useful outline. With me this morning is Peter Lance. And welcome to you this morning, Pete. Glad to have you with us. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. And we celebrate in this office being a very safe, clean environment for people to meet. But still, there's a lot of concerns, and a lot of people simply don't want to go back to work, as we've talked about. Or you may be very close to retirement and say, gee, do I have enough money in my account that I could afford to retire right now if I wanted to? So today we're going to cover the the whole waterfront, if you will, on issues dealing with retirement accounts, IRA accounts, and especially how much money can you put into it, where do you invest it, how do you take withdrawals, when must you take withdrawals, what are some of the new rules that apply under the CARES Act in this time of pandemic, how do you do rollovers, and what about inherited IRAs? What if you are the beneficiary of an inherited IRA account, for example? So the rules are complicated, and we do a lot of training. We do a lot of study every single year to make sure we stay up to date. I subscribe to the Ed Slut Retirement Reporter, which has lots and lots of useful information. We've maintained a whole notebook every month. We get a whole report. It's called Ed Slut's IRA Advisor. And let's begin by talking about What is an IRA? Because a lot of people don't even know what IRA stands for. It stands for Individual Retirement Account. What that means very simply is only an individual can own an IRA. You cannot have a corporation or a trust, or if you did an estate planning trust, for example, you cannot put your IRA into the estate planning trust. Uh, That's sort of one of the worst things you could try to do. Most institutions would try to stop you if you tried to do that. Because if you try to put an IRA into a trust, let's say, it's considered by the Internal Revenue Service as if you've cashed it in. So it's been a long year, hasn't it, Pete, so far? Yeah, it sure seems like it. It's uh, you know only the end of October, and it seems like it's already been a couple of years into 2020. And it seems like years since January. January of this particular year, I attended a week-long tax conference in Orlando, and it wasn't fun and games. I think I had about 30 minutes out in the sun. And the rest of the time, we were in study from 9 to 5, five days a week. But we did learn a lot more about um, IRA accounts and uh, current things. When I went there in January, Pete, we didn't even know what the word pandemic meant. It hadn't even started then. No, I think often about back then and you know when people were traveling and uh, you and I went to uh, Las Vegas for a business conference as well, mm-hmm. and it just it seems like a lifetime ago. It really does. It's, 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 I don't think anybody could have ever predicted where we are now wearing masks and you know, sort of on lockdown. I know some people are traveling, but very few are. Well, it has been a very long year. I don't care what your position is, whether you're working, whether you're on unemployment, whether you're retired. Uh, It's been an incredibly long year, and just a couple of days from now, we're going to have a national election in this country, 
And I don't think that'll make significant changes in the tax law, but it, it will point out the fact that the economy is still under a lot of stress. And one of the things people need to think about in general is, could you afford to retire? So the most important message for today is, it doesn't matter what your age is. If you don't have money in an IRA account and you can afford to do that, you can start right now. And it used to be that you could not put money into an IRA after the age of 70. Now you can. doesn't matter what your age is. And you can put money in every single year. Whether you can deduct it off your income tax or not is an entirely different question. So, for example, real simply, if you want to be able to deduct an IRA from your income, you have to have earned income. But other than that, uh, the rules are, are very wide open. I've seen people over the years, Pete, that have started at a very young age putting money into a retirement account, and they do it regularly and steadily and consistently. And if you're in a position when you can afford to do that, you absolutely need to do that. Yeah, and I've mentioned this many times before. For those of you listening who have uh, children who are you know, in their teens or early 20s, go and open up an IRA for them and you know, have them set aside $10 a week even, and they're going to have a very uh, nice retirement, honestly. Uh, I see, I follow a bunch of different financial uh, topics on uh, Instagram. Some of you may not know what that is, but it's basically an app. And uh, there's so many that show, you know, if you set aside $6,000 at age 18, um, you know, it's going to uh, basically max you out at uh, X amount of dollars when you go to retire. If you do that same $6,000 when you're in your 50s or 60s, you're really not going to have much of a retirement. So start young, start early. Uh, if you have grandchildren, consider opening up an IRA uh, as soon as they're 18, or if they already are, go and do that now. You know, that's a great gifting tip. If if you are a grandparent and you've got younger children uh, or or grandchildren, and you want to help them financially, instead of just giving them a gift and putting money into a bank account, put money aside for a retirement account. And by the way, money in a retirement account doesn't count against people when you go to apply for college aid. So there's another reason to think about doing that. But you've heard of Charles Schwab, obviously. Yep. I think everybody's heard of Charles Schwab. It's a great company. Charles Schwab himself said, I remember very vividly, I wrote about it in one of my books, my first IRA. I contributed $2,000 every year, and in 21 years, the funds in that IRA account grew to $260,000. So think about that. He put in a total of $42,000, but because of the power of investing in compounding and tax-deferred growth, um, he accumulated in 21 years with the 42000 he put in $260,000. So Start early, do it consistently. I should have mentioned a, a, a couple of minutes ago, I actually had somebody reach out to me on Facebook, I don't know, 10 days ago or so. Um, this person reached out to me probably five years ago and asked if uh, you know I could do retirement accounts and uh, if I could open up a, a portfolio for him. And I said, sure. And then I never heard from him again until about 10 days ago. And he said, what's the minimum amount that, you know, I can open up an account with you? And I am an investment advisor representative, so I can open up an account um, for, for you or anyone listening. And I told him, you know, it really doesn't matter. You can open it up with basically anything. And he said, well, I know I reached out to you years ago and I never got back to you because I felt bad because I only had $400 that I could invest and that's all I could start with. It doesn't matter. Even a small amount makes a big difference. And I said, don't ever be embarrassed. I said, that's not who I am or what I'm about. I said, I'd be happy to open up an account for you. So um, for anyone listening, if you'd like to open up an account for yourself or especially, as I said, for a, a child or grandchild, mm -hmm. um, reach out and give me a call. I'd be happy to do that. And think about what kind of a legacy that will uh, leave to them. And when they are much older and they see that retirement account now, at uh, a really large amount, and you may be gone, they'll think of you all the time when they see that account. Well, just to conclude that quotation from Charles Schwab, he also said, seems like sort of a miracle, but it happened. And if you want to contribute money into an IRA account, by the way, there are contribution limits. You can't write a check for 10000 or $20,000, but you can write 
a check for up to $6,000 in this calendar year. If you're over the age of 50, you can put $1,000 more in. So if you're 50 years of age or older, you can put in $7,000 a year. If you're under the age of 50, you can put in $6,000. And if you want to make it as a gift for somebody, we'll show you how to do that. And it can be a small amount. So we've got a lot of things to tell you about today, the differences between regular or traditional IRA accounts and the difference between that and Roth accounts. By the way, a lot of people sometimes have employment where they have a 401k, a retirement account at work, or if they work for a nonprofit like South Coast Hospital, for example, or they're a teacher, maybe they have a 403b, uh, which is very similar to a 401k. You can have that account regularly. You can have that account come out of your paycheck every week. You can also put money into an IRA account. A lot of people don't realize that. You can do both. And speaking of those uh, plans, if you do have a 401k, um, any retirement plan really with an old company that you're no longer with, it really makes no sense at all to keep it there. Uh, we do rollovers all the time for people who are no longer employed um, and have a, a retirement plan with their former employer. Well, there are a lot of ways you can save money for retirement. If you are in a position when you can do so and you're not, then you're making a really big mistake because at some point in time, you will want to retire and perhaps not work. So if you happen to work for the state of Massachusetts, you may have a state pension. You should have a state pension typically. But they also have something called a smart plan where you can take extra money as a deduction from your paycheck every week. This is great for teachers or municipal workers, and you can put extra money aside into a smart plan. And a lot of people, I think, say, well, you know, I'm going to have a pension, so I'm all set. But you're not going to get Social Security for most of those positions. And therefore, why wouldn't you put aside some extra money in the smart plan? We do a lot of smart plan rollovers, so when somebody is retired or getting close to retirement, they'll meet with us, and we'll take the smart plan and we'll roll it over into an IRA account instead. On the federal level, if you work for the federal government, I just had a gentleman who worked uh, his whole career for the post office, and besides his regular pension from the post office, he put money aside in this extra plan called a TSP. It's called a Thrift Savings Plan. And he actually passed away fairly recently, and his widow came in, and she's entitled to pick up the smart plan. And it's not her fault. A lot of people just don't have knowledge about this. But she was all prepared to tell the federal government, go ahead and mail me a check for the amount in the smart plan. I need to pay some bills with some of it. And that would have been a tax disaster because they would have held out 20% taxes, first thing. So if you're in a position where you inherit a smart plan or you inherit a TSP plan, thrift savings plan from the federal government, get some advice. We do a lot of these kinds of plans every single year. It's more than just that, and we're sort of getting off the IRA um, uh, topic right now. But I can't tell you how many clients that we've met with, I've met with, uh, who have a pension and who are confused by it. They don't know if they should choose option A, option B, option C. In some cases, they can take a lump sum, and that may or may not be a good solution for them. Uh, speak with us. Give us a call, and we'd be happy to go over it with you. Um, don't make the wrong choice. I've actually had a couple of clients who chose the wrong option and left basically nothing for their spouse when mm -hmm. they go. Right. And they didn't realize that. And, you know, there's no going back from that once you've selected that option. So um, meet with us, speak with us about it, and we can go over the best options. And different pension plans do have different options. Yeah, get advice. And, and I will depart briefly, too. I just met with a client recently who worked for the Akushnik company. And he had some funds put aside in a retirement account, and he got paperwork, didn't understand it, filled it out, signed it, sent it back in, and they sent him a check, and they withheld 20% out of the check for taxes because he failed to indicate that he was going to roll it over into an IRA. So um, we're going to talk about the connection between taking your retirement account and leaving it there and 
putting the money into an IRA account. I'll, I'll actually mention two more quick things. Um, you know, we have a, I have a current client who reached out to me the other day and she didn't want to reach out to me because she thought that she could, you know, deal with this herself. And she said, well, I, I'm still confused. So I'm going to reach out to him. Don't ever feel embarrassed. Always reach out to me, even if you think that it's a simple question or a simple problem. I'm happy to help. We're always here and happy to help. Um, this this person thought that she had to select that she was subject to backup withholding when she was going to begin uh, some distributions from her annuity. And so she had selected that, and she felt uncomfortable asking and reaching out, out to me. And I said, I don't care if it's the simplest question. I'm always here to pick up the phone and, and talk to you. So please reach out to me. And then the other thing I'll mention is uh, I'm just thinking of all these different clients that have had, um, you know, uh, some difficult times with things. I had a client who wanted to sell uh, some stock, and it was a very tricky situation the way that the stock was held. This was not something that we had done or set up. This was in the past, and uh, they wanted to sell some shares of stock. It was through Computer Share, and I got on the phone with Computer Share several times trying to get this, uh, what should be a simple, straightforward thing answered. And every single time I called, they had a different answer for me. So I had to finally reach out to a supervisor. Isn't that fun? And every single time, it was so difficult to hear these people and understand them. Uh, they had such a strong accent. Uh, and I finally asked, I said, where are you located out of? Where's, where is your call center? It was Singapore. Wow. Um, so if you have any difficult, tricky situations like that, reach out and, you know, myself or my father will be happy to help. Well, it reminds me of Halloween, Pete. It's it's nightmare on computer share. <laughs> it really was, it was a nightmare. And again, every time you called, there was a different answer. Well, fortunately, this gentleman that um, had asked to have the check sent to him, they were going to take out 20% in taxes. And then he came in and sat down with me and said, I just want to make sure I did this correctly. We were able to intercept the check uh, it actually got delivered in the mail I said don't deposit it don't cash it in the meantime we had spoken with the company we sent the check back in we canceled the transaction we undid it and then we had a check for $20,000 more issued which is the amount they taken off of taxes and we did a direct rollover from his retirement account at a Kushner company into the uh, IRA that we had set up for him. So saved him $20,000 in taxes to do that. Don't be afraid to ask. I want to say that uh, a lot of the personnel at the Akushna company were working remotely from home. They did an absolutely outstanding job. So I want to give a big thank you and shout out to the folks at Akushna company. But if, if you give them the wrong advice about what to do, they're only going to follow your advice. So get some advice. We'll be happy to help you. You know, Pete, one of the things that we do here in our office is we have a ton of material we're happy to give out to somebody. For example, I have the IRA and tax tables for 2020. It shows how much you can contribute to IRA accounts, how much you can contribute to a Roth IRA account. Uh, and those can get, um, you know, tricky depending on, uh, again, as my father mentioned earlier, whether you have uh, earned income, whether you're earning income or not. Uh, but you can contribute to an IRA even uh, after you've retired and after the age of 70, but um, you won't be able to get that deduction. But there's all kinds of different um, uh, deductions, uh, limitations, depending on how your filing status is and your uh, income. But give us a call anytime at 508-998-8858. And... You might say, for example, I'd love to get a copy of the IRA and tax tables. The other thing this tells you is um, what amount of deduction you can take if you want to deduct your IRA contribution. The rules, I'm not going to read these charts because everybody would fall over at the table and fall asleep. But we've got all the charts that show if your income is a certain level, can you take a full deduction or do you have to modify it? Uh, there's a phase-out for some of the deductions. If you make too much money, you can't deduct the whole thing necessarily. I wonder if anybody knows those rules. Of course not. I don't know these rules. I have to have the chart in front of me and look at them. I mean, some of the most bas the more basic ones we know off the top of our head, but some of the, you know, these complicated, uh, if your income is uh, up to 196000 combined, but over, I mean, it's it's 
gets really crazy and nobody would be able to memorize all that. So we want to come back and talk a little bit about how much money we can contribute because you need to know that. And I wonder how many people listening either know or perhaps don't even care. Um, what's your tax bracket? Do you know what your federal tax bracket is? Most people don't. Most people don't, no. Do you know that the maximum individual tax bracket is 37%? And I'll explain that in just a little bit. Uh, so there's some really good information. If you want a copy of the tax tables, give us uh, a call, and we'll be happy to send you a copy. So let's talk really quickly uh, about how much money you can put into an IRA account. If you're uh, an individual, and it doesn't matter whether you're married or, or not, uh, an individual can put in up to $6,000 a year into an IRA account if you're age under age 50. If you're age 50 and older, they have a makeup provision because they say, well, you didn't put enough money in while you were younger, so we're going to give you a chance to put in more now that you're 50. You can put in $7,000 instead of 6000 an extra $1,000 a year. Um, Roth contributions are uh, a little bit different. And first of all, you have to be eligible to contribute money to a Roth. And that's based upon certain income limits. And um, if you make less than $196,000 of income a year, your modified adjusted gross income, then you can contribute up to the limit. You can put $6,000 in a Roth. Uh, married separately, it's a little bit different. When Again, we've got the chart that will do that. Why would you put money in a Roth, you suppose, Pete? Roth IRAs are, um, are great. Um, they're not for everyone. Uh, if, if everyone can contribute to a traditional IRA and a Roth, absolutely. Uh, Roth IRAs, I think most people know when you go to take those distributions, um, you don't pay any taxes on them. And you have to have it there for five years. Correct. First. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people talk about Roth conversions, and that may or may not be great. Um, again, I, I've mentioned this before. Every single person I sit with is completely different. Their goals are different. Their assets are different. Um, their investments are different. Uh, and their their tax brackets are different, everything. So Roth IRAs are great. Uh, a Roth conversion may or may not be a good, suitable um, solution for you. But anybody is eligible to do that, by the way. Correct. Um, you know, and you have to look at it from all sides. And again, for each individual person, um, you know, you may be in a very high tax bracket now, and to do a, a Roth conversion, you may be paying a lot more taxes now, uh, but then you don't have to take those, um, those, pay those taxes when you take the distributions later on. But then when you take those distributions later on, you may be in a much lower tax bracket because you're retired. Um, so there's a lot of things to consider, a lot of things to look at. Um, we've actually been doing for the month of October, and we're going to do it again in January and February, um, in conjunction um, with a, a, a somewhat of a partner, um, a Roth conversion um, into index universal life insurance. It gets a little bit tricky, and again, it's not for everyone, but especially for someone who may have a, a large IRA, you may want to consider taking part of that and converting it into a Roth IRA or uh, an index universal life um, with the Roth. So let's come back to uh, taxability since you're sort of raising that point for a second. And as you know, I have a Master of Laws in Taxation, and I enjoy studying that subject all the time. But IRAs are terrific as a savings vehicle when you're younger and all the way up until the time you start to retire. They're an excellent way to save money, just like putting money into a 401k or a 403b is. And the reason is, because you're not paying taxes on the growth as you're going along. You don't pay taxes on the IRA at all, even though it's earning money, until you go to start taking withdrawals. We're going to talk about how you have to withdraw in a few minutes. And the reason that's important is because you got to remember one thing about the IRA account. And let's focus on just the traditional. It's a great way to save money because you can accumulate faster than you can in a regular taxable account because it's tax deferred. But at some point in time, you have to be, uh, you, you've got to pay taxes, income taxes on the withdrawals that you make. And then it can be a tax burden. So one of the things that 
Pete and I have been doing, we've been work, taking several course programs and studying what are some of the alternatives if you have a larger IRA account? What if you don't want to ha- what if you don't need to take the money out but you have to? Are there some planning things that you could do that will reduce the tax impact? We're going to talk about that in just a minute. Before we go on though, Pete, I'd like to just mention very quickly there's a couple of other kinds of IRA accounts that we should mention. One is called a simple IRA and one is called a SEP, SEP IRA. And these are more for businesses who want to be able to set up a, a simple version of a retirement account for not only them but for employees. If you happen to be a business person listening today and you want more information, we'll sit down and we'll give you all the information about how much you can contribute. And for example, if you are maybe a sole proprietorship and you want to set up a SEP IRA, you can put up to 25% of your compensation um, up to $285,000 if you made that much money. But you can't contribute more than $57,000. So what if you're a sole proprietorship and you make a lot of money and you don't want to just put $6,000 into a traditional IRA account? Well, you can put up to $57,000 if you set it up as a SEP IRA. We can help you do that and show you how to do it. I've done that for someone uh, recently, uh, and all of a sudden they simply decided that they were going to move out of state. They went all the way to Florida. They had no plans to do it, and they just, with the whole pandemic, decided to change their mind and do that. But this was a, a great guy, one of my favorite clients, and uh, unfortunately, I won't be seeing him much, but uh, well, I still have to go visit. I still talk to him on the phone, and he uh, owns and operates as a sole proprietorship um, a currency uh, business where he sells currency online. Well, um, when it comes to managing retirement accounts, I know that you manage some, and I manage some, and um, we do a lot of it together. And let's go on and talk about, we talked a little bit about different types of IRAs. Where do you invest an IRA? Well, you can set up an IRA account in a bank. You can, a CD, I mean, there's basically anything you want. They're happy to do that. A portfolio with me. Uh, I mean, anything that you really want, basically. Yep. You can put it in mutual funds, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, a brokerage account. It's a retirement tool. And you can put it inside any toolbox, and the toolbox is, you know, a CD, a bank account, a mutu- a, a, an annuity, um, you know, any, any of those. And you can also put it inside of an annuity. We happen to do a lot of work inside of annuities because um, the ones that we work with are principal protected, so you won't lose principal, and you get some good returns, and it's a nice place to be. So you've got sort of three or four choices on different levels. Banks, unfortunately, are paying very little right now. If you happen to have a bank IRA account and you're concerned about how much money you're making, uh, we can review that for you. We do a lot of that. We can help you move it if you want to move it into something different. But get some uh, help with it. Um, Let's talk for a minute about beneficiaries. So who can be a beneficiary of your IRA account? Well, it can be a trust, can be an individual, can be your spouse. Um, charity can be can be a charity. Yeah, that's a good point. Thank you for mentioning that. So, you have a lot of choice in who will be your beneficiary, and who you choose is going to make a difference in terms of when they have to take the money out and how quickly they have to take the money out. But the most important thing is make sure that you name a beneficiary. So there's a financial writer who named uh, Gene Chatsky who once said, wills are trumped by legal titles to real estate or beneficiaries on financial accounts, retirement plans, and insurance policies. What she's saying there is even if you've got a will that leaves all of your property to somebody or a trust that leaves everything to somebody, um, if you have a beneficiary account like a life insurance policy that names a beneficiary or an IRA that names a beneficiary, uh, that's always who's going to get that money, not who you've designated in your trust or your estate plan. So, therefore, who you name as a beneficiary is real important. You know, Pete, I wonder how many people listening today have any idea who their beneficiary is on their retirement account, their IRA. Uh, you'd be surprised. A lot of people don't remember, and a lot of people with older retirement accounts, older life insurance policies, 
you know, they'll say to me, gee, I did this 15 years ago, 20 years ago, or longer sometimes. I never had my children then. I really should get my children put on there. Um, you know, or gee, I was married at that point and now I'm divorced or, you know, something along those lines. So it's very important to keep up with your beneficiaries. Life happens. Uh, you know, people pass away. People get divorced. Uh, children are born. Uh, children get married. You know, you've got lots of different things to consider. Children disappear and leave you sometimes. It happens, yeah, unfortunately. Um, you know, and, and if you have, just as an example, I mean, if you have your money going to your only child and your only child is married to somebody who you're not thrilled with and you're concerned about what happens in case of a divorce, maybe you want to think about something else for a beneficiary. Uh, so there's a lot of things to consider, and we can help you with that. Uh, beneficiary change forms are very simple. They're usually just one page and one signature. And uh, I recommend to people that they should look at their beneficiaries for their life insurance and their retirement accounts annually because, again, life changes, life happens. So what Peter said is very important. We can help you do that, and we do a lot of it. Sometimes people will come in and say, well, I put money into an annuity with a different company a number of years ago. I don't know who I've named as beneficiaries, how can I do that? And by the way, we can you know, do it for you. with what we're talking about now and what you were just talking about a few minutes ago, Dad, do something nice for your loved ones, for your spouse, for your children. Get a simple, you know, simple documents in order with Lance Law. Get a will in place so your wishes are spelled out and people know what you wanted them to receive, you know, personal items, certain accounts, whatever, so people aren't fighting over it. Um... I forgot the guy's name. It's like Chadswick, Chadswick Bozeman or something. Um, you know, really supposedly nice guy, um, somewhat famous actor. He was uh, Black Panther and a bunch of other movies. He knew he had stage four cancer for four years and never created a simple will. And now his estate is in question. Um, that's unfortunately selfish. You know, you feel bad for the guy. He was very young to pass away of stage four cancer. But, gosh, he should have protected his wife. Um, so get some simple documents in place and protect your loved ones so, you know, you're, you're really doing them a favor. And also, I can't tell you how many friends I've seen over the past few years. Some of them have actually reached out to me um, whose parents, mother, father, whatever, are passing away and don't have any life insurance at all and can't even pay for a funeral. Well, if there's one thing that we've learned this year is how quickly and how unexpectedly things can change. Nobody anticipated a pandemic at the beginning of this year. Nobody anticipated the economic fallout from the pandemic this year. So get a will and get life insurance, even if it's just a $20,000 policy. Um, it's cheaper than you think. You'll feel better once it's done and you're really doing your loved ones a, a a good a good thing. You know, way back around the time of the Great Depression, and what we're experiencing right now is worse than the Great Depression, President Roosevelt, who was the author of Social Security, uh, he was the first person to suggest that in order for the country's, in order to provide for the country's retirement needs, Social Security would need to be supplemented by personal savings accounts. So a lot of people say, well, you know what? I've got Social Security, they're not going to take that away, and we don't expect that to disappear. But he never anticipated or expected that that was going to provide for everyone's full retirement needs. Even back early then, before IRAs existed, or 401ks existed, by the way, 401k refers to a section of the Internal Revenue Code. Those didn't even exist then. Even then, he was suggesting that there ought to be personal savings accounts well, there are now, and they're called Internal Revenue Internal Revenue Service IRA accounts. So um, I'm not sure if you were going to get into this as a specific subject to talk about for you know, a you know, set period of time, but um, one thing that we did not mention so far is that um, Roth IRAs, you don't ever have to take the distribution from that, whereas a traditional correct. IRA, um, you must begin... Now at age 72, it was age 70 and a half. Um, it's now age 72. However, for 2020, you don't have to take any at all. 
Right. And we're near the end of the year. A lot of people took their distributions out earlier in the year. Um, and you can't change that at this point. And again, every single person is different. Some people need the distributions from their IRA or their Roth IRA. Some people don't need it, and they want to try to keep it in there as possible. So um, every person I meet with is completely different. Some people want to take the distribution out at the beginning of the year to help with their income and you know, just getting by with their, their, um, their living expenses. Other people want to wait until the very end of the year to try to earn as much interest as possible um, and wait until December. That's a good point. I like to prefer, I prefer that people take money out earlier in the year because if somebody became disabled or died around November or December and hadn't taken out their distribution, their required minimum distribution, it becomes a bit more complicated if they've passed on. And I, I, I never recommend taking it out beyond uh, basically the end of November uh, for that reason, but also because um, sometimes people forget with the holidays. Um, we're always happy to help you with that as well. And typically with most companies, you can actually do what I like to call the set it and forget it. You fill out one form and you say, I want my distribution to come out at you know October 15th every single year. Um, and the company actually calculates the required distribution. So that way, uh, if there's an error, it's on the company's fault and you're not liable to any penalty. Right. Let me just say a couple more quick things about investments. We mentioned that you can have an IRA account and a bank account. The interest rates are very low. We're happy to review yours if you have them there and see if you could do something uh, better, something different. We talked about uh, having a brokerage account, stocks, bonds, mutual funds. Uh, you do have market risk, but it's another good choice, or you could split it. And we talked about doing some deferred annuities. I want to give you a quotation. Um, this is not a political statement. It's just kind of funny. Uh, this comes from Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State. He said, I'm not sure that too many Americans would choose the president to manage their retirement accounts. That's not a political statement. It was just a funny statement coming from him. But in any event, no, you need to go to somebody who knows what they're doing and you can generally make improvements most of the time. And as Pete said earlier, we want to make sure that you know who your beneficiaries are. You know how we solve that problem? It's such a simple solution. If you don't know who it is, we find out where your IRA is held. We simply get a new beneficiary schedule. We fill it out, and you keep a copy. Sometimes we'll keep a copy, and we'll send it back into the company. And the new beneficiary designation automatically supersedes the old one. You don't have to worry about finding it. And listen, I would I would say, honestly, don't be embarrassed if you don't know who your beneficiaries are, uh, what your retirement accounts truly look like. I would honestly say 75% of the people that come into the office don't really have a firm understanding of exactly everything that they have, don't have it in, you know, in any type of a order um, or, or true understanding of exactly what they have and, and, and uh, the pros and cons of what they have. And I would say only about 5% of the people that I meet with have a really firm understanding of investing and, you know, the, the hard subjects that we get into. Um, so that's what we're here for. We're here to help and get things in order and, um, you know, cause some relief in your life and, and help you with your goals and your retirement. And give a call to Pete Lance or to Ray Lance at 508-998-8858. We love to help people, and it's our business, and we've been doing it for a long time. And not only do we know what we're doing, and we think we're very good at it, but we make sure we always get the best advice from all the best services that are out there. So we stay very current on everything that we're doing. Yeah, that's a good point. We have a weekly meeting um, aside from other special webinars and, and training sessions that we do, but we have a regular weekly meeting with an expert um, based out of Topeka, Kansas. And uh, we go over things that are on our minds and things that are coming up and maybe changes in um, the economy, uh, changes in certain products. And he goes over things that's on his mind and new things that uh, he wants to introduce to us. Pete, let's talk about some uh, distributions and stretch IRAs for a minute. You know, the rule used to be when you died, if the IRA named your spouse as your beneficiary, um, your spouse simply did a spousal rollover. 
There are no tax consequences in doing that. We help clients all the time fill out the forms to put the account over into the surviving spouse's name. Or if the last surviving spouse passes, then it would be a stretch IRA. Um, Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But let's say you name children as second-tier beneficiaries, and most people, I think, do that. If you have kids, if you have children and you're married, you normally would name your spouse, and then you would name children as secondary beneficiaries. So what happens if the first spouse dies? The money gets rolled over to the surviving spouse, and then the surviving spouse dies and has also named the same children as beneficiaries. The rule used to be that the children could do what's called an inherited IRA they could take the money out. First of all, they have to take money out. They have to take minimum distributions. But now based on their life expectancy. Well, it used to be that would right. be based upon their life expectancy. Years. So if a children had a life expectancy of 40 years, they could take the money out over 40 years, minimal tax consequences they pay on that money. Remember, it's ordinary income. But because the amount they would be taken out is so small, it wouldn't have impact on them. And remember one other important thing about children. They're typically going to be still um, in the work environment. They're going to still have jobs and maybe putting some retirement money aside for themselves. And to have to take more money in when they're at their maximum earning years, perhaps, um, they could lose a lot of it. So that was a great rule, though. The children could spread the money out over their entire life expectancy, and there's a chart that would show that amount of money. That changed at the beginning of the year. At the beginning of this year, that rule changed. And the rule now is if you've got children who inherit your IRA, a younger beneficiary, um, they have to take it out over a 10-year period. The only exception to this rule is a spouse. So if you die and the money goes to your surviving spouse, um, it just goes to them and they take it out over their own life expectancy. But if it goes to a non-spouse beneficiary, children, let's say, they have to take the money out in 10 years. They don't have to take it out every year. They don't have to take something out every year. They could wait until 10 years. But if they do that, then they're going to take it all out as a big lump sum at the end and get killed for taxes. Right? Right. And we still, in most circumstances, recommend um, taking it out over a 10-year period to minimize the uh, taxes and so you don't get hit with a huge uh, tax burden next year. But- Here's a little yep, and here's a little tip you can you can do as well. Um, automate your savings as much as you can. If you are working and you have payroll savings at work, or you can put money into a four hundred one k at work, uh, the offices here have four hundred one ks for the employees that they can contribute to as well, and it can be automatically deducted right out of your paycheck. That's a great way to save, isn't it, Pete? Absolutely. So. Um, As Pete said, there were some new rules that changed this year because of the pandemic. Uh, The government decided that, the Treasury Department, I should say, decided it didn't want to put a lot of pressure upon people to have to take money out if they didn't need it at a time when it was going to cost them more taxes, perhaps. So a couple of new rules have now changed. One, you still have to take minimum distributions. And when you're, the old age was 70 and a half, when you reach that age, the amount that you would be required to take out was was about 4%, just under 4% a year. So a couple things have happened. First of all, they said, you don't have to take a minimum distribution, required minimum distribution now, until you're at least 72. And if you don't turn 72 until this year, um, for this year only, you don't have to take any distribution at all. Let me just clarify that. For the year 2020, you don't have to take any distribution at all from your retirement accounts if you don't want to, if you don't need to. Um, there are tax breaks for military. There's also something. What's the youngest age you can take money out of your IRA? Do you know? Do you remember? 59 and a half. 59 and a half, right. Otherwise, it's a 10% penalty. So if you take out money younger than 59 and a half, um, there's normally a 10% penalty. This year in particular, there are some special rules that if you're younger than 59 and a half and you need money, there are ways in which you can do that. 
There's also something very special. It's complicated, so I'm not going to mention it in much detail. It's called a 72T distribution. So even if you're younger than 59 and a half, um, you can make an election under that 72T rule without paying a 10% penalty and take it out. It has to be substantially equal periodic payments. The rules are very complicated. We've got copies of that. We can help you if you you need that. There's a couple of exceptions to be able to take it out without the 10% penalty before age 59 and a half, but uh, really the only, you know, quote-unquote good one is if you're a first-time home buyer, you're buying your first home. The other ones are if you're disabled or dead. (laughs) That's literally the rule. So... Well, the rules are complicated, but like everything the IRS does, um, there's always exceptions to it. Um, It's too late to put money back in. If you took money out from a required minimum distribution and you said, gee, I didn't have to take it, I'd rather not pay the taxes on it, can I put it back in? Um, That's no longer the case. Uh, There was a deadline uh, which has just passed for doing that, so... Another thing to think about for any of you out there with a simple IRA, um, we talked at the beginning about Roth conversions. Um, It may or may not be a good time to do that. Um, Typically, it's a better time to do it when the market is down. Market has been very volatile, of course. Um, But you can do a Roth conversion with basically any plan except for a simple IRA. And that's not actually true. I mean, you can do it, but you have to have been in the simple IRA, and the plan has to have, had to have been active for at least two years. Otherwise, there's a, there's a fairly hefty penalty. I think it's 20%. Uh, it may even be 25 There are lots of rules and lots of exceptions. There are rules that pertain to bankruptcy. What if your financial situation is such that you think you're going to have to file bankruptcy? Um, most 401K and IRA money can be protected as an exempt asset if you have to file bankruptcy. So you need to know that also. Um, But the stretch IRAs are important. The rules themselves are very complicated. We enjoy it. We can go through the rules. If we don't know an answer for you right away, um, we'll come to the conclusion. So do you think being married has benefits sometimes for IRAs, Pete? Yeah, I mean, marriage definitely has its pros and cons. Or ups and downs or whatever. (laughs) No question about it. So here's something interesting that a lot of people don't know. What if you want to make a contribution to an IRA account this year? And this is not a a sexist comment, but let's say the man is still employed and the wife has been laid off. She's not working. Um, Or maybe she's not working at all or vice versa. So if one spouse is working and wants to put money into an IRA account, and the other spouse is not working, um, you can put money in for both, even though you've got one non-working spouse. We can show you how to do that also. Yeah, and it's definitely, uh, over the last 10, 20 years at least, we've seen a lot more uh, clients where the, um, the wife is the breadwinner, earns more money, has more retirement assets. Uh, that used to not typically be the case. Uh, But we're definitely seeing more of an equality when it comes to that. We're going to see some uh, rules changes coming up right after the election, probably. There's been wrangling and arguing back and forth between the Democrats and the Republicans about further uh, corona or COVID relief, financial relief, whether it's extension of unemployment benefits or more uh, payroll protection money. I think personally that that will happen very quickly, whoever gets elected. I think it's a possibility, yeah. Um, It's obviously not going to happen until after the election. They tried, and they couldn't get their act together to accomplish that. But there's an act called the CARES Act, the Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Security Act, CARES. And part of that is what I talked about maybe 10 minutes ago, which is that you do not have to take an RMD at all this year. You never have to take an RMD for a Roth unless you want to for any IRA, uh, traditional IRA. Um, uh, you used to have to at 70 and a half. That now changed to 72 with the SECURE Act. Um, but now with the CARES Act, and this all gets very complicated, um, you don't have to take one at all in 2020. Right. So I'm looking at some of the summaries of this. And again, happy to provide information. If anybody wants more information, call us. Give us a call at 508-998-8858. 
We can answer your questions about your retirement accounts. We can review who your beneficiaries are, where it's invested. Are there better things you can do? Do you need to take money out of it right now? We can tell you how much money you can take out and taxation of it. And for those of you on social media, we do have an active following on Facebook and on Instagram. Uh, We're not really doing much with Twitter anymore. We didn't really find it uh, as useful as the others. Um, But we do have a lot of clients um, who follow us. And once in a while, we'll get a Facebook message from someone asking um, a simple question. And we'll be happy to respond to you on there as well. Right. And we also uh, have upcoming webinars. We won't be having seminars in person anytime in this foreseeable future with um, COVID, um, but we have been having regular webinars as well as uh, regular little video blogs, just a minute or two long with some useful little tips. Um, and so on Facebook and Instagram, um, you can see upcoming uh, webinars uh, on the schedule on the calendar. One other thing you can do, if you are inclined to leave money to charity and you say, well, I'm going to take money out of my IRA account and I'll pay the taxes on it and then I'm going to give money uh, to charity and take a tax deduction, that's not a great way to do it. A better way to do it is to have a distribution go directly from your IRA to the charity. You won't get an income tax deduction for it, but neither are you going to have to pick up that money when you take the distribution out as income on your income tax return. So there's some smart ways to donate money to charity. If you want to give money from your IRA account, you might be better off doing it directly from the IRA itself and not taking it into income and paying taxes on it first. We can show you some very specific information on that. So there's a lot to know. There's a lot to talk about. We've got the CARES Act. We've got the Secures Act, SECURE Act. Um, we are expecting some further changes to take place between now and the end of the year, most likely. And I think it won't matter who gets elected, whether that happens or not. I think we'll see some changes. And they're needed. They're necessary. We're not out of the woods yet. The important thing to remember is you can still benefit from putting money into an IRA account. And we can also show you some better things that you might do for investing the money. We're happy to answer your questions. Call us at 508-998-8858 anytime. And Pete, um, keep putting money in your 401k, and I'm going to keep putting money in my 401k. And I can do that now that I'm over 70. I didn't used to be able to do that kind of stuff before. Oh, I am. Um, and my wife is doing the same. She's maxing out her contributions. Um, if you can do it, Go ahead and do that. And today's been a very unusual show because I think you only did one quote the entire show. No, I did about four or five, but that's all right. Stay safe, everybody. Thank you for listening. We'll be with you next week on the radio.